All right. Uh, Hank Mobley on tenor sax. Uh, Winton Kelly on piano. Art Blakey on drums. And Paul Chambers on bass. And collectively, they presented us with a tune called Dig This. Not this. This. <laughs> uh, it's from... Uh, Hank Mobley's 1964 album, Soul Station. This is Lead Stories. I'm Patrice Lead. And we're going to talk a lot of things today. Uh, but of course, that depends on you. I'm not, I'm doing mostly the listening, not the talking. Um, it is the day of love, it is Valentine's Day. So I thought I would ask you a very introspective question. What has been and continues to be your greatest secret yearning? A yearning that has haunted you for years, but you haven't yet actualized it. That's kind of deep right there, but there's more. The second part of that question is, do you think it's still attainable, whatever it is you were yearning for? Do you think it is still attainable? Will you still pursue it? Or will you let it go and move on? All right, I'm going to repeat it. What has been and continues to be your greatest secret yearning? A yearning that has haunted you for years, but you haven't yet actualized it. Do you think it's still attainable? Will you still pursue it? Or will you let it go and move on? Hmm. I can hear some people saying, oh, jeez, do I have to go there? <laughs> What's wrong with going there? It's, it's all about love. You're loving what you had intended to do. You had this great idea, a great yearning to accomplish something. And for whatever reason, we don't need to know the reason, but whatever the reason is, you haven't yet made it real. So do you think it is still attainable? Will you still pursue it? Or will you let it go and move on? 888-874-4888 gets us started. I'm intrigued by what your answers might be. Uh, how do you even frame this question to yourself? Where do you have to go within yourself to answer this question? 888-874-4888. Now I see nobody yet there yet. What is this so deep? <laughs> is this so deep? that it's, it, it scares you to even think about the question, let alone the answer? Come on. You should be brave. This is a time to be brave. Face it and answer the question to the best of your ability. 888-874-4888. I sound sometimes like an auctioneer. <laughs> because... Y'all are moving too slow. Okay, too slowly for those who are grammatically inclined. Uh, it's a very important question, actually, that we seldom ask ourselves because it causes you to do some inventory, a little bit of inventory. What is it that you have been thinking all this time of doing something very important? that we define as important for yourself. And all this time, it hasn't been done. You haven't even gotten to first base with it. So 
it is time to decide whether you're going to proceed with it or you're not going to proceed with it. And then I have a, another question for you. But at least, let's get a, some takers on the first question before we move to the second one. What is it? What is it that causes people to be so hesitant? You should be flying on the phones and calling to express your thoughts. But here you are. You're hesitant. Okay, I'll give you the second question. It's easier because it's not quite personal. And yet it is. The president's wife, First Lady Jill Biden, last week announced her, quote, disappointment, unquote, that the president's $2.2 trillion Build Back Better budget for next year will not include $45.5 billion for free tuition for two-year college students. Quote, we knew this would, wouldn't be easy. Joe has always said that. Still, like you, I was disappointed, she told attendees at the Community College National Summit in Washington. Question. What do you make of Mrs. Biden's appearance at the National Summit and her remarks? Now, if, if you don't have some kind of answer for that, I don't know. I'll have to come to your house. <laughs> and, and wag my finger in your face and say, what, what is the matter with you? 888-874-4888. What does that question or that statement by Jill Biden, what does that indicate? What is the message or what are the messages there? Could you... Help us Come on. And I always said that you're brave people. You don't care what I pose. You have an answer. But you shall see. Dylan from the Bronx, you're on the air. Hello, you trees. Um, Hello. I'm going to answer the um, first question, actually. Um, in terms of uh, what you'd like to do and, you know, so think it's possible to do. I'm 58 years old, and I um, my, my dream is to produce television shows and be into, uh, into media uh, and show business, produce right. And um, I don't think that my opportunities are looking away at all. I have more years behind me than I have in front of me. You need to put. You need to speak directly into your phone because you're kind of fading Can a little. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I said, um, I, I don't think my opportunities are uh, out of reach. Um, yes, it's true. I have more years behind me than I do in front of me since I'm 58. But I don't look it. I don't act it. I don't think it. And uh, with technology, um, it allows you to do things that you couldn't do before. Uh, if you were sort of older, you have more outlets, more platforms than ever before. You just don't have any. You just don't have three channels on TV anymore. You've got the internet. That's where everything is going now, anyway, or or is actually. So, no, I don't feel my opportunities are limited. Yeah, but what does that have to do with your inner self? What is your inner self telling you? About telling me that I have your dream of producing programs for television. My talent, my my ability says to me that I can do it. It doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter um, about any of that. My ability and my so you're going to pursue it. Personality to to meet people and to do things doesn't limit me at all. It's not that it's not that complicated for me. So you're going to pursue it. Absolutely, I haven't. I've never stopped. I've always. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and in answer to, well, I just, just in addition, I think that sometimes, like, with the questions that you're asking, I just think that sometimes people just don't find them compelling enough to call. I don't know if, they, if anything's wrong with the people themselves. I just think that maybe the subject matter and the questions just aren't compelling enough for people to, to call. Just something to think about. I don't think it's necessarily the, uh, the, um, the, the audience's fault. So this, this I'm, not to, I'm not assigning blame. I'm mm-hmm. saying it in a kind of challenging way, but I'm not assigning blame for people not calling but okay. we have quite a few calls now, so I'm not worried about that. Okay. I understand Thank what you. happens sometimes. People believe too much. They're, in answering a question, they'll reveal or they'll have to go too deep into themselves, too deeply, so they don't touch it. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, Dylan, for calling us today. Jafonza from North Carolina, you're on the air. Um, hello, conscious human hello. society. Hello, Miss Utish. Um, I am reluctant to call because a lot of times I can't understand myself on the radio and using a telephone. So it seems like it's difficult to me. I'm calling in regards to the first item. I talked to you before and you suggested I have a feasibility and business plan, which I have done over the years. However, even making contact to such agencies, I have not been able to get any help. My long-term goal was to, produ- was to provide our people with positive purpose progression for our people through clothing line showing African Descendant International. I have the products, but I have um, a limited funds, so I can't produce it in the manner that I want to produce it. Um, black for our people, red for the blood we shed, green for the earth, we're earthly people, and golden is where the enrichment of knowledge brings wealth. I have logos for children so they can understand and see the black, red, and green and understand gold, what they mean. And as they grow, they grow into the other one, black concept. And my classic line is um, African descendants. Well, don't, don't tell us too much more about your, your line because this is your business idea, and you want to keep it as close to the vest as you can until there is an opportunity to present it to somebody who might help you uh, take it to the next level. But I'm asking, you have given up on the idea? Oh, no. I, my people come first in my life. No. My ancestors will not let me be at peace. <laughs> and I don't want them to keep make me at peace, even though I'm around a lot how of much time, how, how much time do you give yourself? How much time do you give yourself before you begin to take another look at this and to find out, you know, from a feasibility point of view, is it doable? Uh, do you have facts and numbers that are associated with what it would take to get this idea of yours monetized and off the ground? Well, I started in 90 and sat it down and went into an African-American museum, nonprofit, four of us, non-paid staff, so I could learn more and, and study more with my history. But the product I brought back out because to bring it out to the now that they have wet internet online and all that kind of stuff so you know of course i'm not versed in any of that because i'm from the old school but i now have a website that will be being developed uh, it's just that i'm moving slow 
and I don't like it. Should, this should have been done. This should have been done. My goal was. Well, here's to the thing. Here's the thing. As you develop a business, you want to do the feasibility studies that that prove to yourself: a, it's a good idea; b, it is marketable and profitable, and c, there's incredible opportunity for growth. So you have to study competition in the marketplace and all these other kinds of things. Have you have you immersed yourself in that kind of study about yes. what your future, what your the future of your business will be? And have you been able to put numbers to it? I can I can put numbers to it, but it's not realistic if I haven't had a product up for sale. Uh, that's what I have to do with the website development. But no, yeah, I wrote down A, B, C, and all the things of that nature. And I've been reaching out to many of the black organizations and the uh, historical black colleges in economics and business and marketing and all that. But I don't give them response. Everyone says write, call, email, and it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean well, anything. Well, of course. I mean, you'll get, you know? you get that kind of response. But yeah, what I think, For years. what I'm thinking they're reacting to is, has anyone entertained or have you developed a business plan? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I know, but it's just taking too long. And I, if I had networks that would tie in, then yes, I'd even have a percentage set aside for investment for investors. But um, and then now that we have this art, um, authoritarian government, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get positive images of our people out there. I have to stay on the point of being positive under all the circumstances yes. our people are going under, you know? So you have the kind of capital that would allow you to start with a bang, let's say. Not, maybe not a big bang, but a bang. Uh, yes, I believe so. I believe so, yes. Okay. Yeah, I believe Has so. anybody in the field of looking at business plans and so forth, has, has anyone looked at your plan and what was the reaction? Um, I don't know people to make, make to look at my plan. I'm talking about like an urban league NACP. Uh, uh, I did send out some information to uh, celebrities, which I would call um, sport, um, historians, um, all that kind. But only I got one letter back, and it was from an Asian guy, and he was letting me know that those colors are out there. But my point is, I understand, but this is what is a culture for our people who have recognized black, red, green, and gold. What does it mean? So I can do a nonprofit side to educate our history and culture, and we would do it city to city, like a telephone. That's what Okay, but, you know, the first thing is to have a solid business plan, even if it is not out there where other people can see it, and it shouldn't be. But what is the plan? What is the plan for growth? These are the things that you, you really have to think carefully about who are your customers what my customers are they like young children what do they all the way like up to seniors but you know you don't answer me i'm saying mm -hmm. put together for yourself your business plan should be that comprehensive not only the idea you can always, you, in your sleep, you could probably come up with a good idea. But an idea is viable. Is it viable? 
Can it be oh, yes. done? Yes, I'm sure you say yes, but when you take into account everything that you have to deal with from day one, competition, people undermining your product uh, by yes. going cheaper, uh, how are you going to distribute? Yes, that, yeah. What, um, my, what, is my your, what is your break-even point? Do you know that? These things. No, I don't know a break even because right now I'm just talking in general. I can't, I can't make a any any um, calculations at this point at all. You know, well, you have to work toward that. You know why? Because you have to own your idea. This is your idea, and you have to assume stewardship of your idea and the number one thing you have to keep in mind is the success of your idea so you have to become very well versed in the business and the science of the business that you propose to enter uh, and withstand the competition and establish yourself in the marketplace as a unique product these are all the kinds of things that you have to think about. I'm not trying to discourage you. Quite the opposite. I'm saying not, many, many businesses. You're not discouraging me. I've, I reviewed all that, too. Okay. Many businesses just don't get enough steam to, to last because people are planning as they go. That might have worked in the 1940s and 50s. Today's cutthroat. Your wonderful idea that you produced and in North Carolina, guess what? Somehow it would end up in the Philippines. Yeah, I know. And, okay. <laughs> so so you, we're on the same page here. The idea is that ownership of your idea, protect your idea, and immerse yourself in the idea. And don't think, it. well, it's taking too long to get to the point of sale. You know, you want to start making money. But most of all, you want to end up with a sound, well-thought-out business that even if it's small, it's profitable. Yes, um, I I spoke to your technical person once before, and I wanted to send something out to PRN so you could see. Or I was going to also show, give him a shirt if he didn't mind. But uh, I never get got back because the last time I talked on the radio, I just couldn't hear myself, and it didn't sound clear to myself, and I felt uncomfortable on a phone talking. This is my third time calling in. Yes, uh, and you and still this, are not ready. You still are not ready. No. You've got to be, as I say, you've got to be ready. You have to be ready. People will steal your idea in a minute and make yeah. a heck of a lot more money than you even managed, even imagined making for yourself. So be very protective of your your idea, because that is your intellectual property, and be smart in how you uh, pay attention to the business part of it first. Does it make sense? Will it work? What will it take? Uh, what kind of time do you need to invest? And uh, you start developing these bread and butter issues for yourself. And then you know you're going in the right direction in building it. But don't get too overwhelmed by the numbers and the facts and the figures. But don't disregard the facts and the figures just for the idea. It's a great idea, yes, but it's not going to make you any money. No, but I, over the years, I've always registered everything through the uh, patent office. And um, I'm just saying, but I did want to try to get through a door where I can present it to someone that can help me network. 
and that's the what question I that I'm trying to elicit uh, an answer for from you is are you ready are you ready yeah. to engage at that level are you prepared I've got to be prepared I've got to, yes I've you got have to, to be but are you I've got to do it that's because every day now we're almost dying off so I yeah, like but that's that's a casual approach <laughs> because you may find yourself having uh, a sort of a great idea that somebody else is going to snatch from you and make it work for them. Be sensible. Yeah, you, you know, situate yourself firmly in your idea. Research, put it together carefully, and when you know, put it before some people that you trust. And, and see what the reaction is or test it out. And then when you're ready, you start small and you, you know, you go from there. Mm -hmm. But I would yeah, I'm not, like the girl I would not forego the, the necessary steps if I were you. Go through them. They, they, they're there to protect you. Yes, it's a must. Our people need to have inspiration and feeling good about themselves with dignity and respect. And that's what I want to present. Okay. Image. Well, I wish you, I wish you would just dive into your own idea. Take ownership of it. Develop it as, as comprehensively as you can for yourself first for yourself and when you find somebody who can give you an honest opinion that comes later but first it's your idea take full ownership of it and yeah. don't be in a hurry necessarily but be careful be very careful that you are protecting your intellectual property all right yes yes thank you thank you Thanks for calling. Lincoln, I'm so glad to know you're alive. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Lincoln from Mount Vernon, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I listened to that repeat and I, it was, I wish I were more collected that day. Um, but quick, um, just I have a one-line response to um, Joe Biden's wife. I think that, oh. that hello. Yes, I'm listening. I think that statement should belongs to Kamala. I think it sounds like she's replacing Kamala. Kamala's um, duties. So. Forget about whose statement it should be. What is the implication of the statement and the statement made by Mrs. Biden? What does it say? What, what questions does it raise in your head? Uh, you know something? I did not contemplate that part. <laughs> I'll yeah, I'll be honest. That's yeah, the most important that. part. That's the most important part, Lincoln. Yeah, I'm sorry I didn't do that, and I'll not pretend that I did. That's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but why did you say it belongs to Kamala Harris and not uh, to Joe Biden, who said it, actually said it? It sounded more like something, you know, that you know, the vice president should have been saying as um, you know, one as the representative of um, Joe Biden. Okay, you're getting close, but you're not there. Not the you, you don't have the answer just yet. Yeah. Okay. Another time. Another time. Oh, Lincoln, come on. I was hoping you would solve the big mystery today. Because you are sensitive I, to these kinds of things. I think, I think about it some more. Okay. Please right. And let right. me know what you think, what your answer yeah, okay. to that situation is. Thank you. Gail from 
New York, you're on the air. Hi, Eutrine. Hello. I um, had left the room, so I didn't hear your question. And the reason why I'm calling is because I thought maybe the sister would be interested in stimulus geeks. And I have the telephone number for them. If you don't, don't give her the number. No. It's a program. It's a well advertised. And undue problems for them. So uh, you should, shouldn't do that on, on the air. Okay, well, they advertise frequently on the air. Um, again, the name is Stimulus Geeks. And I'm hoping to get you to repeat your question because, again, I had left the room, and when I came back, you had already asked. Well, I have two questions. You want to hear both of them again? Yes, I'll hang up and listen. Okay. The first question, which was the question Jafunza had addressed, was what has been and continues to be your greatest secret yearning, a yearning that has haunted you for years, but you haven't yet actualized it do you think it's still attainable will you still pursue it or will you let it go and move on and the second question is the president's wife first lady jill biden last week announced her so-called disappointment that the president's 2.2 trillion dollar Build Back Better budget for next year will not include $45.5 billion for free tuition for two-year college students. Quote, we knew this wouldn't be easy. Joe has always said that. Still, like you, I was disappointed, she told attendees, at the Community College National Summit in Washington. Question, what do you make of Mrs. Biden's appearance at the National Summit? And what do you make of her remarks? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, she hung up. No, the idea was for you to now answer the question, but okay, let's move on. Marcus from Wisconsin, you're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, you Trace. Interesting program. Good afternoon. Um, you. Uh, you mentioned a very important word uh, in your invocation to the callers. Um, it has a very deep meaning in various spiritual traditions and also in uh, psychology and philosophy. The word is yearning. Yearning is not just your goals, some superficial thing you're trying to accomplish. Yearning has to do, is, is much, much closer to your life force. Uh, last Friday when we talked, um, a subsequent caller, I believe the gentleman's name was Henry um, uh, was kind enough to use the word uh, philosopher in reference to me. And uh, just quickly, I'd like to make the point that uh, philosophy is really the issue in yearning. Um, philosophy is not the abstruse, arcane, difficult, complicated thing that universities and the media pretend it is. Also, I mean, that's mostly the fault of the last 300 years of Western philosophers who, are, who have tried to come up with perfect, self-replicating, self-consistent, self-justifying logic systems. That, that's ridiculous. That can't be done, and it was, it's a wasted effort. All philosophy needs is why are you doing it? Not what is the goal. What 
why are you specifically choosing to do this? What's it for? You see, that, that's all philosophy means. So it, when it comes to yearning, and you're, I, I think you're right to be interested in the caller's yearning, this is not based on a narrow ego concern. I would like to accomplish this so I can be perceived as this or have this, achieve this various end. It's what is this life force directing you toward why you're doing what you're doing? You know, uh, people plead for happiness in their lives, but security means more to them. The, the narrow ego concern, even if it wrecks their backbone and destroys their whole life, they, they, they do this. You know, people seem to miss the point that, you know, just listen, listen to the commercials on television or media, you know, for uh, toothpaste and laxatives and deodorants, and that's telling you who they think you are and what your concerns should be. But all the abominable bad taste of it is calculated to catch your ear. I mean, do you, do you listen to, you know, uh, TV entertainer comedians jokes about you, about himself? You know, I mean, the ad, ads for better bowel movements, this is who they're telling you you are. <laughs> not, not your secret yearning, not, not what you're actually trying to do in the world, not what idea you're trying to cherish and put forward and protect. Not, not just the narrow concerns of family, friends, career, all of that stuff. What are you on this earth for? What, what's, your, what's the purpose you've chosen? You know, the, to me, this is what yearning is. And people don't spend time thinking about this. You know, we sort of, I think people sort of are taught to despise themselves in secret. You're not supposed to stand on your dignity. You're, you're not supposed to really respect your friend. You can love them, but you're not supposed to respect them. You can't believe that anyone you sit down at the table with in your house is capable of great achievement. You know, so it becomes hard to think in the in the company of most people. That's why most you know really. Uh, uh, deep people end up by themselves because the, the culture just doesn't allow them. It stifles any big, generous idea. You know, if, if, if you're a parent, you say, that's not fit for the child. You know, you can't have that. No, or if you're a teacher, no serious student can subscribe to that idea. You know, uh, you don't ask impertinent questions, you know, or if you're a spouse, you know, you'd say a discovery. You've made a discovery. I think you should go to work and support your family. See, that, that, so, you know, how many times have people had the experience where they had some great idea, which they dismissed because, wow, you know, what do I know? And then they see it in media, somebody else actually brought it to fruition, actually did it. They say, oh, I had that idea 10 years ago. Yeah. In that time. <laughs> <laughs> that's where the yearning is. And I think that's why it's important to get to us. So I wanted to thank you for bringing that up and phrasing it just that way, because that's where we really live. Not you know what are I wanted to thank you. response to uh, it's not as simple as well what do you want to do but what are you driven to do at this yeah. point in your life that's the the, the, the question 
and and so, not driven, you know, check yourself. Exactly. Thank you so much. That was a great uh, explanation there, and I needed it. I needed you to do that, I guess. Thank you. Okay. Brother Dave, you're on the air. Uh, I think I'll take the first one. What's on my mind, and I'm working on it uh, right now, is something that's very important to me, and it is to do something that, though captains of industry in this place uh, don't want people to think or talk about. And there are a number of uh, items. Uh, Here we have the uh, wealthiest country in the world, and there are many areas that they don't want you to talk about. So I'm working uh, uh, with some others also, and we're working out a program where we're going to uh, have some uh, information and do some research and information and talking about things that you'll never, ever hear on the corporate media in their uh, different divisions uh, because they don't want you to know. And I think that is something really important and a contribution that we can make to all the people that live in this country. Uh, This is not uh, just a money-making scheme for us, but getting information to people that the authorities, the ruling group, does not want you to have. Okay, that's one thing. Now, the second item that you mentioned was uh, the uh, the president or uh, his wife. Uh, the wife, yes. The wife. Yes, of his wife. Yes. Well, you know, as I look at that, uh, to me, it's like the uh, the wife of the fox is making a statement in uh, uh, sympathy uh, with the uh, head guy, in this case the president, who, uh, if I look at him, I'm looking at a person who uh, essentially, as his history shows to me, that he has been in favor of uh, the corporations and those who rule. However, sometimes it's necessary to tell the masses, that's the people in this country, that you're sympathetic uh, towards what you uh, are not able or do not want to give to them in the first place. You know, it's like no different than uh, Obama when he uh, was for universal health care at one and then he put in the uh, private insurance policy afterwards. So that's the way I see it. Uh, uh, that is what I'm getting from her uh, showing her sympathies for not providing uh, the uh, uh, educational or training uh, aspect for this uh, so-called build back better uh, program. And uh, the point is, uh, when you think about it, uh, those who really rule the country, that's the uh, corporations, they're, they're in charge in this country. Uh, they uh, don't want that. And uh, his job, the president that is, his job is to keep the people in, uh, under control. So the wife of the person put in charge is supporting uh, his sympathy for how wonderful it would be to have this program, but we can't do it now. So that's the way I see it. Okay. Well, you're close. Very close. Thank you so much for your contribution today. Willie from New York, you're on the air. 
Um, good afternoon, Sister Andrews. How are you doing? Good afternoon. Good I'm okay. And good afternoon to the Tierra family. Well, what I'd like most to do in my life is to be able to like speak like Brother Andrew Jeremiah and Patricia Depp. I think it, it, you, you, you said that we were um, we were not brave. I, no, I, I don't agree with that because when I go to your uh, download page, the podcast, you have over 1.3 million people downloading your program. But I, they, they don't call you because they don't. We scared. You know why? Oh, I don't understand that. The thing because is that the program, the integrity of the program, is in the interaction of the callers with the program. And that's the program. But when you speak, you speak? you're speaking to millions of people. You just want to say? And we can't relate. Different. There, there are a few people that they're masters of it, what, what I'm, I'm calling in and relating their ideas. Now, for, for me, and I think it applies to many, many people, because I speak to, uh, to a lot of people that I'm on a daily basis. But on the radio, I just can't do it. <laughs> I know a lot of people just can't do it. That's the weakest. That's the weakest explanation I've heard. Because you know why? I have seen you in public, I'm and you don't try about expressing yourself. I'm trying now, but I'm trying now. You know what I'm saying? Listen, you trees, you're a master at doing that. Minister Farkan is a master at doing that. There are few people that can do it. Even Lincoln can can do it, even though he sometimes he get, gets upset because when you point his arrows out, you know what I'm saying? But you're a master doing doing these things. Automatics, these are, these are people that are masters of doing this, this thing. Most of us can't. I can't. I certainly can't. I try. No, I, I, don't, I don't accept it, just to say, because... It's like having a conversation. It is, in fact, having a conversation. True, you're not seeing me, and I'm not seeing you, but I feel your presence. I hear what you're saying. I can interact with you. You can interact with me. And that is how we build community. We don't just assign ourselves to one way of reaching and teaching each other, we use the technology that we have available and we get to be good at it. So that that is the, the point that I was making. We we have to go with the flow and at some level. We can't just stand and say, Well, I don't I don't feel comfortable doing this. Okay, so you don't feel comfortable. Try it. Try it several times. And you'll find yourself soon feeling comfortable. But don't just stay there and say, well, that's not me. I, I can't, I can't put my, my thoughts together. Oh, I can't put my thoughts together because I'm not accustomed to doing it that way. So, there you are. Thanks, so you for coming. Are you there? Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I do use other means, like the, um, the, the, the telephone, I would uh, use, use my telephone, I would send the, the program to, you know, uh, whatever program that I listen to on, on um, PRN, I would share that information with everybody. Because I think the most important thing one can do is um, share information. If you have well, That's good. That's good. But at the same time, you also could be an advocate for an issue or an organization that needs to benefit from, you know, you talking about them. These are the reasons why you, you speak in public. 
and you shouldn't be shy about it. You get better and better and better at it. Thanks for calling. I wanted to do this. I didn't want to rush you, but I wanted to address Lady Biden before the end of the program and we only have a couple of minutes. What was interesting about Jill Biden's statement was that she seemed, I'm, 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 this is just my reading, she seemed to be speaking as a person making policy for the administration. And I think that needs to be clear because according to my understanding, we have a secretary of education already whose name is Miguel Cardona. Where did she come from making as the, the wife of the president? What is she, the number two person now in the administration? She has no business speaking at that level, expressing those sentiments. If anybody should be talking about a loss for education, it should be Miguel Cardona. But she just swooped in there, and next thing you know, you'll get confused. So is Jill Biden, does she have an official capacity with the Biden administration in the area of education? Are we to think that this is going to be her portfolio, as it were? I don't think so. I don't want that. I think it's wrong. And I think people should register that concern. We have a Secretary of Education. Let the Secretary of Education make the points. You don't get, simply because you're married to the president, you don't get to override or overtake his prominence, and now you're speaking like you're a member of his cabinet. People need to keep perspective, it seems to me, and definitely Jill Biden is one of them. Thanks, everybody, for listening today and participating. Let's talk some more tomorrow. Bye-bye.